It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com. We hope you'll take out your Bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of God's Word on this edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And we welcome you into the Virtual Bible Study for Thursday, December 19th, 2013. Next, the last program for 2013. Thank you for joining us on the program tonight. My name is Jacob Gwynn. My father, Greg Gwynn, is here. Hello, Dad. Jacob, great to be with you tonight on the Virtual Bible Study. Good to be with you as well. And back by popular demand, Jeff is back behind the controls, home from college tonight. We'll look forward to hearing from Jeff. Thank you for being here tonight, Jeff, and glad to have you. And glad to have you on the other end of the line as well. We'll look forward to hearing from you in the chat room tonight if you're listening to us live. Eight seven, uh, uh, the chat room is the bottom of your video window. 877-381-4567 is a toll-free number to use. Questions at collegeu.com is the email address to use. All of those avenues you can use to contact us on the program tonight for an interesting discussion that you have suggested yeah. tonight. I, I want to give credit for the idea and a lot of the information we're going to be putting out tonight. I give credit to David Pratt, who preaches up in northern Illinois. He puts out, a, 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 I think, a monthly bulletin on, on the Internet at gospelway.com, mm-hmm. gospelway.com. And uh, he sent out some information recently that I kind of set aside and got to looking at it. I thought it would be worthy of our discussion. And the concept of it is there are a lot of efforts to exclude religion from all aspects of, of our modern life. It's a trend, you're saying. There's a trend. And, and, and an, an it, effort. It starts with, uh, well, I mean, we've heard for years this expression, separation of church and state. Mm-hmm. you got to separate anything religious from anything that's governmental. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's been the argument. Yes. Uh, it, it, it's for, for a long time we, we've... Uh, uh, heard people say that government shouldn't do anything to support or encourage religion. Okay. And then even more recently, uh, it's been argued that people's religious views should have no influence on the government. So government shouldn't try to influence religion, but now people's religious views shouldn't even be taken into consideration when it comes to government. All and, right. And so, if, if that's possible. Yeah. And so that's that's been... Uh, sort of the idea is separate religion from government. But I think we can see that there's an effort to separate government, uh, separate religion from all aspects of our lives. Not just, yes. not just the government that rules over us, but other aspects of our lives too. And we want to talk about that. All right. Uh, David Pratt and his materials suggested that the founding fathers never intended that separation of church and state. But our interest is what does God's will say? We're not. This is not. We're not intending this to be. We're not. A this politi- is not a constitutional uh, discussion tonight. Yeah, we don't intend for this to be a political forum. Mm-hmm. I, I think I have political views, and I think a lot of people who listen regularly have political views, and and they're worthwhile, I believe. But that's not the emphasis of the virtual Bible study. We want to know what God thinks. Does God think that religion should play no part in the government that governs over nations? Okay. Uh, but then we want to talk about some other areas as well. Uh, we want to talk about how religious belief is being uh, really just in an entire systematic way being excluded from the entirety of the life of people today, or at least that, that's that's okay. the effort. Okay. Uh, uh, people of faith are being told not to to practice. For that matter, we're we're being told we shouldn't even be able to discuss mm-hmm. what we believe religiously because it has the potential to offend somebody. Yes. You know. I, I chose this topic before the news hit today, and Jacob, you 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 probably might not have heard of this, but uh, a very popular show on cable TV is Duck Dynasty. Have not heard it. I mean, I've heard of the show, but I haven't heard okay, the news. Well, What's here's the news. The news. Uh, just just yesterday and today, that's been all in the news because the the star of that show, the the, the sort of the patriarch of the family on this mm-hmm. reality show, Duck Dynasty, is a man named Phil Robertson. Right. It's been well known for a long time that the the Robertson family, this is the clan that's depicted in this reality show, Duck Dynasty, 
They're religiously inclined people. Uh-huh. In fact, I understand that they're uh, even members of a Church of Christ down in, in their hometown of West Monroe, Louisiana. I think they would, would have probably uh, some considerable difference with us in, uh-huh. in certain doctrinal matters. But, uh, but anyway, it's been known for a long time uh-huh. that they are religiously inclined people. Well, this week an, an interview with him came out, and he stated, he just stated his views on homosexuality. Uh-huh. Oh, man, it brought the roof down. Really? Now he's been suspended from the show. Really? Uh, there are calls to discontinue all the commercial uh, endorsements that have been coming their way, and there's just been an outcry because uh, the man had the audacity to state what he believed about homosexuality. Wow. And so that's an example of the kind of thing we're talking about. You cannot say, if you have a religious conviction on anything, mm-hmm. The idea is that you cannot talk about it. You cannot express it. You cannot let your religion have anything to do with what goes on in your daily life. Yeah. Um, of course, what what these people are striving for is a totally secular society. That's that's what they're really trying to accomplish. Yes. Uh, a society that functions uh, without considering God, without thinking about the Bible, without any religion or spiritual concept at all. The people who are pushing this agenda really want a totally secular society. They want to marginalize uh, religion. Religion in every way. Okay. And so uh, to our update list uh, earlier today, we sent out some questions, as we always do on Thursday, along about noon. Looks like today the the email went out at 11.15, Jacob. So we were a little early today. You were early today. That's good. I like that. Uh, but we ask in several areas. What we basically ask people to do is give us some examples that you might be familiar with on how there's been an effort to limit the expression of religious faith in government, in the schools, in science and medicine, in entertainment and media, and in matters of morality. Mm-hmm. Okay. So we got five areas. Uh, uh, and again, I want to give credit to David Pratt, who who has provided a number of the examples that I'll be citing tonight and some others. You, you may have some ideas, too. Okay. Uh, 877-381-4567, questions at collegeview.com. Phil Robertson had over 1 million supporters in 18 hours on just one Facebook page. Yeah. I guess this is after the event. So Yes, this is after he, no doubt after he that's was. That's what Guest 358 said. Was, it became known or was publicized that he had had these comments. To, to simply state his conviction on the matter of homosexuality, and and the outrage that it produced. And and he basically, he said it was a sin. And they asked him, "Do you think homosexuals can go to heaven?" He said, "I'm going to leave that up to God." But he said, "I believe the Bible says that homosexuality is a sin." That's basically what he said. He said it. He said more, and he said it more thoroughly. And he probably even said it in some ways that I wouldn't say it. But he expressed his view of what the Bible teaches about homosexuality. Uh, and so, since he said he believes it's a sin, then all these groups are coming down on him. All right. Well, you can't say anything's a sin. What if what if he had said, "I think stealing is a sin," or "I think lying is a sin," or adultery, or adulteries? I think he did mention adultery in okay. his comments. Okay. Uh, but that's not right. That's not getting any. Uh, th- I'm sure they're not the, 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 mad about that. The big outrage is about what he said on homosexuality. All right. Well, in the chat room, uh, Henry S., which I think is Randy, I, I, I believe that's if right. I'm getting my names correct here, uh, says uh, we need to read Psalm nine verses seventeen through twenty. Uh, the ninth Psalm, verse 17, says, The wicked shall be turned into hell, and all nations that forget God. For the needy shall not always be forgotten. The expectation of the poor shall not perish forever. Arise, O Lord, do not let man prevail. Let the nations be judged in your sight. Put them in fear, O Lord, that the nations may know themselves to be but men. So uh, Henry S. reminds us that uh, there's going to be a, a, a reckoning here that God will... Uh, at some point, uh, set the set things straight. And, yeah. uh, we need to be aware of I that. I believe that's right. All right. All right, so let's start in. What, what, what do you see as some efforts, some examples of efforts to exclude religious conviction from anything about the government? That yes. The religion shouldn't, you know, for a long time, it's been argued government shouldn't try to influence religion. Now it's religion shouldn't try to influence government. What's some examples of that? Uh, Let us know your thoughts. Uh, Sign in in the chat room if you're not signed in there already, or give us a call toll-free, 877-381-4567. Is this idea of government and faith in government. I'm I'm a little surprised that they still have a prayer to open governmental sessions. That is surprising to me because we know uh, know, that there's been repeated 
instances where the ACLU and groups like them have sued to remove, for instance, the Ten Commandments yeah. uh, uh, from courthouse squares or Bibles from government property. Uh, and, and and lots of times government officials are even criticized if they refer to God or the Bible, if they're known to pray. Uh, you know, lawsuits are brought to stop any any observance in any public capacity yeah. that has a religious connotation to it. Yeah. So I, let me give you some examples. This is the kind of thing we were looking for. Uh, a young Marines program in Louisiana had a pledge in its graduation ceremony that says, quote, I shall never do anything that would bring disgrace or dishonor upon my God, my country, and its flag, my parents, myself, or the young Marines. Okay, that was that was in the pledge that this group is a it was a group in a school, the young Marines. I, I suppose sort of like a um, Civil Air Patrol or, or, or ROTC or something like that. Okay. You know what happened? Because they had that pledge, the federal government withdrew all funding from the program. Mm. According to Phyllis Shafley in uh, in November of this year. Okay. In San Antonio, Texas, the city council passed by an eight to three vote an ordinance that would bar anyone who believes in natural marriage or biblical sexuality from doing business with the city. That's according to the Family Research Council in September of this year. Uh, the law can be used to ban anyone from serving in any government position or doing business with the government if he has ever said or done anything negative about another person's sexual orientation. Mm. How about that? Mm. Or here's one. Uh, President Barack Obama recently welcomed 300 gay activists to the White House in celebration of homosexuality. Included was Frank Kamini, a Harvard Ph.D., about whom the president said, quote, and we are so proud of you, Frank, and we are grateful to you for your leadership. This is the man who is known for the following statement. This Khomeini that the president commended had said this. Your God of Leviticus and of the whole Bible is clearly a sinful homophobic bigot. He should repent of his sinful homophobia. He should atone for that sin. He should seek forgiveness for the pain and suffering which his sinful homophobia has needlessly inflicted on gay people for the past 4,000 years. Mm. That's and the president invited him. And commended him. And committed him. And, and that's via the Swartz Report in October of 2013. And so the, the, those are just some examples. If you express a religious faith, if you give an opinion that suggests that you even have a belief related to religion, there are efforts to ban you from government, from participation in government, from any business that profits from government contracts or anything like that. A real effort to to withdraw uh, any religious influence in the government. Right. So those are the kind of things that we were asking about. Now, obviously, I think, again, a lot of us would be upset about this just from a purely political standpoint. But the question is, what would the Bible say about that? What would the Word of God say about that? And there are some scriptures that encourage us uh, to... To use our influence, a religious influence, to to make government what it ought to be. The Bible certainly doesn't authorize the church to act as a, a political action committee. Uh, yet the Bible does encourage and uh, really command us as Christians to teach and apply our beliefs to every area of life, including the government. Um, some verses that we've used yeah. lots of times on the virtual Bible study encourage us to use our influence uh, uh, in in these realms, First uh, Peter chapter two verses thirteen and fourteen, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether it be to the king as supreme, or as unto governors, as unto them that are sent by him for the punishment of evil doers, for the praise of them that do well. We're supposed to be submissive to the civil government. We're supposed to pray for mm-hmm. the civil government. Second Timothy chapter, uh, or excuse me, First Timothy chapter two, beginning verse two. It says, well, let's start verse 1, First Timothy 2, verse 1. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and givings of thanks be made for all men, for kings and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. Uh, so we're encouraged to pray for the government, uh, to use our influence to make government as good as it can be, to pray for governmental leaders and yes. so forth. Yes. Uh, we know that God looks with favor mm-hmm. on governments where 
righteousness is exalted, uh, Proverbs 29, verse 2, Proverbs 29, verse 2, when the righteous are in authority, the people rejoice, but when the wicked beareth rule, the people mourn. All such statements as that. God yes. looks with favor on nations where righteous people rule, where righteous people make laws and enforce them justly. He looks with disfavor on a nation that tolerates evil. Yes. Uh, and, and so the very idea that government can separate itself from religious influence is is counterproductive to the well-being, the long-term well-being of any nation. All right. Let's uh, let's hear your thoughts. We'll take a break and get them now. I'll send them in the chat room. Uh, give us a call, 877-381-4567. Send us your emails to questions at collegeview.com. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study will continue right after this. After these important messages, we'll be back to take your comments. Email them during this break. Hi, I'm Jack Coleman, a member of the College View Church of Christ, with a suggestion for you and your family. Why not turn off the TV on Thursday nights and gather the family around the computer for an hour of in-depth Bible study? The virtual Bible study always involves subjects of importance and interest to serious Bible students. So, why not join this Internet Bible study group every Thursday night? Here's some quotes worth pondering. If opportunity doesn't knock, build a door. Thomas Edison said, many of life's failures are experienced by people who did not realize how close they were to success when they gave up. I know for sure that what we dwell on is who we become. In matters of judgment, swim with the current. In matters of principle, stand like a rock. The elevator to success is out of order. You'll have to use the stairs, one step at a time. If you want to test your memory, try to recall what you were worrying about one year ago today. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. And we welcome you back to the program tonight as we talk about the move that is underway to uh, try and separate uh, religion from every aspect of our lives. And uh, it is a good reminder for us uh, as we think about the ways that uh, our society is marginalizing religion is that we're aware of that and uh, that we try and check our thinking to make sure that we don't allow ourselves to sort of compartmentalize our religion and not allow it to affect every aspect of our lives, because our religion, our faith, is not something that uh, can just be a certain part of our life. It has to be the entirety of our life, and uh, and the devil is effective. You know, uh, Dad, the devil only has to, if he, he doesn't have to get religion out of our lives completely, he just has to sort of push it off to the side. If he's done that... Uh, then he's done everything he needs to do. Uh, he, he's not going to he's not going to do a f- full frontal assault here necessarily to, to get religion totally annihilated. He's just going to push it off to the side. Yeah, I think that's exactly right. All right, I think that's right. We've got a couple of emails that came in. Uh, one from a listener, David, said, "I have a comment or question that relates to this subject. I hear a lot of brethren discussing and sometimes arguing over political issues that relate to religion." They often assert that one candidate should be supported over another candidate because of their stance on these issues. My question is, what does it matter? I think if we can, I think we can refer to First Timothy chapter two for direction on this topic. We just read that prayer, make prayers for those in high office. He said we should be asking for a peaceful and quiet life so that we may freely do God's will. Well, but that's part of the problem. Those who have this initiative don't want to let us freely okay. do God's will. Okay. Uh, he says, I believe that we should vote our conscience, but I don't think that we should be actively lobbying for specific public policies. For example, the Bible condemns abortion, and I believe we should vote for someone that takes a pro-life stance. However, taking part in political activism is useless. Does making abortion illegal bring the gospel to others? Would a law against it even prevent people from having the procedure done? If someone thinks that it would, they should ask themselves whether the laws against murder keeps people from murdering. Or what about prayer in school? Can we definitely say that allowing prayer in school would advance the gospel? I don't think so. I believe the Bible allows us to ask for the opportunity to freely spread the gospel, and that is it. God desires all people to be saved, come to a knowledge of the truth, First Timothy 2, verse 4. So a desire for a strict separation between church and state or desire to the contrary should come from the sole motivation to bring others to Christ. I, I think that's right. I mean, I wouldn't disagree, but I think we should have laws. Yes, I think we should have laws against murder I, because... In Romans chapter 13, the Apostle Paul says that civil government is ordained to for the praise of those who dwell and the punishment of those who do evil. And so, yes, we should have laws against murder. Mm-hmm. And if you believe that abortion is murder, then we should have a law against abortion too. We be- should. Yes. Because the government should be in the... Upholding God's principles. 
government should be punishing evildoers. And if those who perform abortions and those who obtain abortions are doing something evil, then that should be there should be a law to prevent that. I mean, if if the protection of innocent life and the punishment of those who would take innocent life, shed innocent blood, if that's if if that is a matter of right and wrong, then government should have laws to regulate that. Right. I, I'm going to read through the, between the lines here on David's email, and and uh, maybe you can tell me if I'm off base here. I think what I'm seeing in David's email is that he's saying maybe our our efforts would be better spent spreading the gospel on a one-on-one basis rather than trying to change the government. Oh, uh, yeah. I, well, but but again, I, and, but, I, and yeah. we've said, I, I can't imagine how many times through the history of the virtual Bible study, we've said this is not a, we're not on a political uh, action committee and we're not trying to promote a political agenda. Mm-hmm. But I think we can go to the opposite. In other words, the ACLU and other such organizations try to limit any expression of religion in anything that relates to government. I think maybe we go to the other extreme so far that we try to remove uh, any, you know, we, we try to act like we don't care what goes on in government uh, because we're just religious and what goes on in government is unimportant to us. I think that's a mistake too. Yes. Uh, I think we should use our influence, let our light shine, uh, and be, be an influence in matters that relate to uh, righteousness in government. All right. Now, there's some things about government that don't, you know, it, you know, whether they raise taxes or lower taxes, that's not a moral issue. You know, I can have an opinion about it, but it's not critical whether or not, yeah. you know, that happens. But if they're going to pass a law that says it's okay to kill innocent babies, then I've got to speak out against that. Okay. Let us know your thoughts, 877-381-4567. The chat room is filling up tonight. Uh, let us know your thoughts there uh, as we talk about uh, how we should respond when the devil tries to get religion out of every aspect of our lives. Uh, Ramona says, I've worked for the government, so I have to, or I worked for the government, so I have to be very careful in what I say. So I go by the verse, render unto Caesar what is Caesar's, and do my work. So uh, Ramona says, uh, she, well, she almost feels censored there because of who she, uh, who she's worked for in the past. All right. All right. Uh, we got anything else? Uh, that's it. Okay. Um, in the chat room, I was looking in the chat room. Uh, Tim in the chat room, uh, apparently not a fan of Phil Robertson and the Duck Dynasty. And by the way, we're not here to defend Phil Robertson and the Duck Dynasty. No. I'm not sure his comment in the chat room is true. He says Phil Robertson's in hot water over his comments on black people being happier under Jim Crow laws. That's really not what he said. I, 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 that was news to me. I quickly looked it up. Here's what Phil Robertson said about black people. Uh, he said, I never with my eyes saw the mistreatment of any black person. Um, not once. Where we lived was all farmers. The blacks worked for the farmers. I hoed cotton with them. I'm with the blacks because I'm white trash. We're going across the field. They're singing and happy. I never heard one of them, not one black person, say, I'll tell you what, these doggone white people. Not a word, he says. Pre-entitlement, pre-welfare, you say. Were they happy? They were godly. They were happy. No one was singing the blues. Okay. And so, I mean, uh, I, I think maybe maybe it's an overstatement to say that he favored Jim Crow laws uh I don't think his statement was along those lines. I'm not, not topic here. here. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not here to defend him, but okay. I think that maybe was a misrepresentation of what All he right. had to say. Thank you for the comments in the chat room. All right. Uh, yeah, I can't find that verse I wanted. It's, what, what, what it's eluding me, but it's the idea that that the, the, a, a, a king must fear God, and uh, that, that's what God wants in a king. And uh, All right, maybe some of our listeners yeah, can find yeah, that, right. that kind of an expression in the Scripture. Yep. All right, so uh, really, we, we we more than anything else, we wanted to use that notion of separation of church and state as sort of a springboard for the rest of our conversation because I think there's plenty of evidence that there are strong attempts to remove religious influence from government, uh, and and we could debate how involved Christians should be in government, whether they should hold political office, uh, whether they should promote any kind of political. Uh, campaign interest, but I, I I don't think it can be denied from the scriptures that we should use our influence to try and encourage our government to be righteous, yeah. to uphold righteousness, yeah. to to commend those who are good, to punish those who are evil. That's all in God's word. God's word talks about government, sure. and, and therefore to, set, to say 
the Bible doesn't have anything to do with religion, and religion shouldn't have anything. I mean, excuse me, the Bible doesn't have anything to do with government. Religion doesn't have anything to do with government. Therefore, religious people shouldn't try to influence government at all. I think that's a mistake. All right. right. Uh, I I think it's impossible for a religion not to influence government. Uh, uh, The Christians' uh, interaction in government, that may be open to some speculation and some judgment, but it's impossible for uh, for religion not to influence government. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, Let's look at another area where there's been an attempt to remove religious influence, and that's in education. Education. Uh, We know that years ago – Government banned teachers from leading students in in prayer or mm-hmm. reading the Bible. Mm-hmm. Uh, here's some quotes that come out of David Limbaugh's book Persecution: How Liberals Are Waging War Against Christianity. Uh, he gives these examples. In a St. Louis public school, a teacher saw fourth grade Raymond Rains bowing his head in prayer before lunch. The teacher ordered him to stop and sent him to the principal, who told him praying was not allowed in school. After Raymond was caught praying before meals three times, he was segregated from other students, ridiculed in front of his classmates, and and sentenced to a week's detention. He's not allowed to pray for his meal himself. Okay. Uh, A teacher at Lynn Lucas Middle School near Houston saw two sisters carrying Bibles into a classroom. The teacher stopped them, sent them to the principal's office. The mother was called and warned that... She would be reported to Child Protective Services. When the mother arrived, the teacher threw the Bibles into the wastebasket and shouted, this is garbage. Mm. At the same school, three students had book covers displaying the Ten Commandments. Administrators ripped the covers off, threw them in the garbage, and told the students that the Ten Commandments constituted hate speech. Okay. In Texas, a boys' track relay team ran its fastest race of the year and defeated its closest rival by seven yards which should have enabled it to advance toward the state championship. The team's anchor runner pointed to the sky to give glory to God as he crossed the finish line. Uh, because some did not like that gesture, the authorities disqualified the winning team because of it. Uh, California passed a law that permits any student to declare that he feels like his gender is the opposite of what it physically is. School, we, we talked about this on the virtual Bible study a while back. Yeah. Schools must take his word for it. He must be allowed to play on sports teams using the locker room and the restroom of the opposite sex. The law, quote, forces schools to allow students to participate in sex-segregated school programs, sports activities, and to be allowed to access the bathroom and locker room of the student's choice, consistent with his or her opinion of his gender or her gender. The law does not require proof for students who claim to have gender identity issues so the school administrators will have to take the child on his or her word when they want to use the facilities of the opposite sex. The law does not provide safety measures to prevent abuses of this policy. Mm. That's from the Christian Newswire in August of this year. And finally, students in California schools are taught a three-week course about the tenets of Islam. They learn verses from the Quran are are taught to pray, quote, in the name of Allah, and to chant, quote, praise Allah, Lord of creation. Students were, pretend, were instructed to pretend that they were Muslim, wear Muslim clothing to school, choose a Muslim name, and stage their own jihad using a dice game. Uh, now, obviously not every educator, not every school system is like these, but here, here's a case where uh, a student bows his head to pray, and he's, he's put in detention. Uh, but they're taught that the students too. have a book cover that displays the Ten Commandments, and, and they're threatened. But then they're doing. The, but then, but they're the actually jihad. they're actually taught at, and and encouraged to memorize verses from the Quran. Yeah. Is that incredible? Yeah, I mean that's just crazy. But that's just an example of how uh, there's an effort to exclude biblical religion even from our schools. Yeah. Uh, now, again, I think just like we said, there's a caveat about religion and government. I think there's a caveat here. I do not want the people in the schools teaching my kids. Religion. I'll teach them religion. I'm not asking them to teach religion in the public schools. I don't. I, in fact, I don't even want them to attempt to teach religion in the public schools. But these kind of examples are extreme and show just how adamant some are to remove any religious influence from the school. All right. In the chat room, and this is going to blend over with your next. Uh, with your next. Well, we need to get it. We'll, we'll get this when we get back. Let's take a break. Get this week's bullet point. When we get back. The, uh, number two and number three. Education and science those two 
those two topics are going to get blended here a little bit. Okay. And Tim wants to challenge us on that, and, and, and she's is okay. challenging some listeners in the chat room tonight. So we'll talk about that, and hopefully we'll hear some more from Tim and his viewpoint as well on the other side of the break. Uh, if you're not in the chat room, get there now. If you'd like to give us a call, 877-381-4567. This week's Bullet Point, we're back right after this. Don't touch that mouse. The virtual Bible study will be back right after this. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's Bullet Point. We love you. That's what parents have always told their children. But sometimes the kids have trouble understanding it. After all, they don't always get everything they want, and they frequently get punished when they do something wrong. Parents are quick to explain that love is responsible for the way things are. We're doing this because we love you, they say. But that doesn't make it any easier for a kid to understand. The reason children have trouble understanding a parent's love is because they're immature. Typically, when they become mature adults with children of their own, they understand it perfectly. In fact, they often act in exactly the same ways that their parents did. They even tell their kids, I'm doing this because I love you, just like their parents did. Someday their kids will understand this, and the cycle continues. There are some folks in the church who always insist that everything be kept pleasant and positive. They do not like it when false doctrine is exposed, and they cannot stand for false teachers to be named. If a situation becomes so serious as to require that a congregation publicly discipline an unruly member, they are appalled. Their complaint is that we, quote, don't have enough love. But we argue that such actions are actually a sign of our love. The reason these folks don't understand this level of love is because they are spiritually immature. Like children, their view is limited to the present moment rather than the long term. Hopefully we all will become mature enough to recognize that true love for one another will cause us to, quote, rebuke, reprove, and exhort, as stated in 2 Timothy 4, verse 2. Love is like that sometimes. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. I'm Arthur Haynes from Kaleoka, Tennessee, and one of my greatest highlights of the week is to listen to the virtual Bible study. A streaming Bible study. Why didn't I think of that? Now back to the guys. We're back on the program tonight. We remind you this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us by visiting our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com or collegeview.com, where you can find out information about this program, including over eight years' worth of archived audio files there of the Virtual Bible Study, as well as almost a year now of sermon podcasts that you can listen to there on the website or subscribe so that those audio files are delivered directly to your MP3 player. Check out thevirtualbiblestudy.com. If you have any questions about what we believe or practice, send us an email, questions at collegeview.com. We'd love to hear from you on the program tonight. In the chat room, as we talk about how that... There is a move. The devil is at work trying to separate uh, religion from every aspect of life. Uh, Tim in the chat room uh, says that, uh, well, where is it? He says, if you want religion taught in school, push toward a, push for a world religion class. It has no place in science classes. Tim says religion has no place in science classes. Um, guest 73 says, Tim, you can teach creation science without teaching religion. I guess 73, in fact, uh, would agree with you, Dad. He doesn't want religion necessarily taught in school, uh, religious doctrine, in other words, taught in public schools. Tim responds to guest 73 by saying, which God's creation story should we use for that creation science? Is creation science real science, Tim asks. There are court cases which say no. Creation science... Well, now, wait a minute. Right there. Courts can't decide whether creation science is real science. Yeah. Of course, the, the, the courts are prejudiced... Uh, uh, to secularism and humanism and atheism and evolution. So I wouldn't think that the civil courts are a fair judge of what's science and what's not. All right. Okay. And I don't think Tim would want to necessarily submit all of his beliefs to what a court would say to them. Uh, so we could probably take that argument off the table. But he says, creation science, intelligent design, does not use observable, testable, repeatable, and falsifiable experimentation, hence why faith is a tenet of religion. Uh, Tim says, and because of that, it's not science. A world religions class would be great, but keep in mind it would be open to all religions, not just yours. And uh, guess 73 then challenged uh, Tim. He says, does evolution use observable, testable, repeatable experimentation? It does not. So could the same be said of it? In other words, I think that's a great point would from you 73. Not, guess 73 is saying that it would require faith to believe in evolution. To that, Tim responds, yes, evolution is better supported than gravity. I don't understand that comment, Tim, because, uh, well, here you go. I, I can prove gravity just like that. 
You can repeat it. And yeah, I can do it. that all day long, and it works. Yeah. Uh, but I can't do that with evolution. I can't. I cannot. I cannot under you. I, I can give you any environmental condition, any laboratory, any equipment, any variables that you want to modify and uh, and work with. I can. You cannot repeat evolution. You cannot re, uh, re, reproduce the spontaneous generation of life from non-life. You can't do it under any circumstance, Tim. It is not repeatable. It is not supported. It uh, it is not provable. It is uh, it is not uh, testable. It is not observable. It cannot be proven, Tim. Uh, so se- guest seventy three says in the chat room, I didn't I didn't realize evolution was observable since there's never been any observance of evolution from one animal form to a completely different one. I think that's true. Okay, uh, so. Uh, that's a little off topic. We've talked about evolution before on the virtual Bible study, and we'll do it again, no doubt. But what? And but that's just a side point to the point we're trying to make here: is the exclusion of of anything that has a religious connotation from the schools. We're not talking. We don't want. I, I personally do not want uh, the teachers in schools to try and teach my kids religious topics. But I think the idea of of intolerance toward any expression of religious faith. That's what I'm concerned about. You know, when when a student bows his head silently to pray before he eats his lunch, and teachers condemn him for doing so. When a student might have a book cover on a textbook, and it's, it has some religious theme depicted yep. on the book cover, and they're chastised for doing that. Yep. That's the kind of thing that I'm concerned about. That's this effort to exclude anything about religion from all aspects of our religious life. You know, uh, uh, this this track relay team and the and one of the students couldn't even make a gesture that suggested that he had some religious faith. You know, and they disqualify the team because this guy makes a religious gesture, or yeah. in their mind it was a religious gesture. Yeah. Yeah. That that's the examples that we're talking about, where there's this total effort to exclude any any connotation, any reference, any allusion to religion. Uh, from the schools, and it it, it it is this drive toward a secular society. Tim, Tim says said, in the chat room, I'm fl- he says I'm flat wrong and misrepresenting evolution. Tim, I I would beg you, I'm not, and, and Tim, we're not we're not want to have an ugly d- discussion here. We want to hear your thoughts. But how in the world am I misrepresenting re- uh, evolution? You can't prove it. It it can't be proven. I, I'll stand by that all night the, long. Now, make and, sure we understand we're talking about the general theory yeah, the of evolution. general theory of evolution. Life sprang from non living matter, yeah, yeah. and all living things. Evolved from a common single cell living source. We will stand on that all night long, Tim, until you can prove. And if it is, if it is provable, and uh, it, if it is scientific, you should be able to present the evidence right now. You should be able to show us. Uh, show us. Wait, wait, in our lesson tonight is our, our talk. Our topic tonight is not about evolution. We've talked about that before. Please understand, we, we're talking about the general theory of evolution. We're not talking about evidences of specific evolution right, cases right. where there's slight changes within a species but right. a dog remains a dog he's right. a, he's got a longer tail and shorter ears but he's still a dog right. we understand that specific evolution yeah. evolution within a species yes. over time yeah. has been observed right but we're, we're talking about the general theory of evolution the law of biogenesis as guest 73 has said in the chat room uh, that says that only life can produce life that is taught in science classes is the law of biogenesis wrong guest 73 says uh uh, oh, he's, oh, he says evolution is, has nothing to do with the origin of life. All right, well, then tell us what the origin of life is. Prove yeah. it there. Yeah. All right. All right. You've got to have that uh, if you're going to get evolution. We'll, we'll you can't have evolution ev- without the origin we'll of life. We'll talk about evolution in another, more thoroughly in another uh, virtual Bible study. Let, let's continue along this All right, theme. Well, let's, and, 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 okay, if, if you want to stick with evolution there, Tim, uh, tell us, show us uh, where we see uh, species evolving from one species to another. Uh, the so-called missing link. You don't have any of those. None of them that have been verified, at least. Well, let's, this this next this next uh, little bit will will go a little further. Uh, continue the discussion a little bit more. Uh, evidence that there's an effort to re- remove religious any religious thought or connotation from science. And this does talk about creation science in yes, school. Yes, it does. A circuit court ruled against. Uh, this is from. Uh, uh, Dick Blackford, writing several years ago, he said a circuit court ruled against the teaching of creation in school science classes, saying, irrespective of whether it's fully supported by scientific evidence, their theory, that is, the creation, is a religious belief. Uh, 
Iowa, in Iowa, Professor John Patterson said creationism should be discriminated against. No advocate of such propaganda should be trusted to teach science classes or administer science programs anywhere or under any circumstances. Moreover, if they're doing so, they should be dismissed. Another Iowa professor, Kendrick Fraser, said that if a student believes in creation, any professor should have the right to fail any student in his class, no matter what the grade records indicate. And if a student graduates and then later becomes a creationist, his college should have the right of retracting grades and possibly even his degrees. Unbelievable. I mean, that I guess really what we're talking about here is this incredible intolerance. Yeah. You know, oh, and it's an insult. I mean, it's a, basically saying this guy has no brain if he if he believes that way. I'll take his yeah, degree away. Yeah. You know, that's not saying – certainly people disagree. But there's as much reason to – I think there's far more reason to support belief in the, in the biblical notion of creation and yeah. how we got here. But, you know, the fact of the matter is when it comes to science classes in school, if you're going to teach biology, leave off the origin of life. Yeah. Talk about what we see here and now. Yeah. You know, that's what biology should be about. Yeah. When you talk about physics, you, you talk about chemistry, talk about what we can put our hands on and see and know. Right. And use the scientific method to instead examine. Of, instead of promoting and, an and, agenda. And, instead of promoting an agenda. And that's what really what these people are doing. Yeah. All right. Uh, all right. Um, we got just a minute more. Uh, this. Okay, guest seventy three wants a discussion about evolution in the future. We've done that. We've done. We've talked with Tim. If this is the same Tim, which I'm assuming it is, we've talked with him uh, in the chat room extensively about evolution in the past. Uh, we, we we need to have another discussion, perhaps, on this. Okay. All right. All right. Uh, and real quickly before we before we go to this last break, uh, uh, what about uh, um, what does the Bible say about the teaching of these matters in schools? Uh, the influence of religion and scientific discussion. The Bible certainly doesn't authorize the church as such to teach or practice science or medicine. Mm -hmm. The church should not own, operate, or donate to schools or hospitals. But when science or medicine violates biblical principles of morality and the authority of God, then the church and individual Christians have to speak up. so I think that's I think that is right, and and we should be careful to do that. Why don't we take a break early here okay. and get to the uh, the last two examples of where the devil is trying to limit the expression of religious faith in entertainment and media? I think uh, we're going to have one comment along the Phil Robertson line there, and uh, number five uh, examples where the F, the expression of religious faith is uh, being limited in matters of morality. There should be lots of examples there. We'll take your thoughts on the other side, 877-381-4567. Don't go anywhere. The Virtual Bible Study continues right after this. You won't want to miss what we talk about next. The discussion continues right after these important messages. I'm Greg Gwynn, a host of the Virtual Bible Study. Thanks for joining us for tonight's program. The Virtual Bible Study is presented weekly by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Each week on the Virtual Bible Study, we simply engage in the study of God's Word in an effort to better understand it, better understand how God views us, and better understand what He wants from us in our lives. We're not studying any creeds. We're not studying any books written by men. We're just studying the Bible. And we're trying to study the Bible alone without any of our opinions or wisdom mixed in. We're only interested in what our Creator has revealed to us in his word. We realize that we're fallible and cannot direct our own steps. As a result, what we think or feel doesn't really matter. All that matters is what God has said. So that's what the virtual Bible study is all about. It's pretty simple, isn't it? Thanks again for joining us tonight, and we hope you'll make plans to join us every Thursday night for the virtual Bible study. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A survey conducted several years ago for the Gay and Lesbian Alliance Against Defamation found that among those who said their feelings toward gays and lesbians had become more favorable, many said a contributing factor was seeing more gay and lesbian characters on TV and in the movies. Vice President Joe Biden has credited the 1998 through 2006 TV sitcom Will and Grace, which featured a gay character, with doing, quote, more to educate the public than almost anything anybody's done so far. That information via NBC News. The Word of God says in 1 Corinthians 15, verse 33, Do not be deceived. Bad company corrupts good morals. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight, and we want to hear your thoughts as uh, we talk about how the devil wants to separate a religion 
from our everyday life. And how is he doing that? We'll hear your thoughts, hopefully, as the program goes along. All right, we wanted to move on and talk about how there's an effort to remove uh, religion or religious thought or religious influence from entertainment and the media. Uh, and here's what David Pratt, we're getting a lot of our examples from a, from a publication called Gospel Way at gospelway.com. Uh, no, David Pratt in Illinois puts out regularly. And here's what he said. The complete disregard for biblical principles in TV and movies is so blatant that it needs no documentation. Nearly every modern program produced contains gross indecency in words, dress, and conduct. Profanity and cursing are virtually required. Sexual relations are discussed and displayed in almost every form except within marriage. And the only way in Hollywood... Uh, the only way Hollywood will portray religious people is to ridicule them as idiots or hypocrites. Mm-hmm. I think that's a pretty clear statement. Uh, uh, and then, and then this example that's just current about the Duck Dynasty, yeah. uh, Phil Robertson. Yeah, uh, Ramona referenced that in her email. She says Phil Phil of Duck Dynasty has been suspended by A and E because he came out in GQ magazine about the sin of homosexuality. They just wanted his opinion, and he spoke it. And the Glad, uh, that's I think uh, that's the homosexual uh, activist uh, group uh, organizations rose up against him and his beliefs, and the channel A and E caved in. Yeah, I think that's right. I think you're right, Ramona. That's yeah. a, that's a current example of how the influence trying to re- remove anybody who even expresses a religious conviction. You know, if you're going to express a religious conviction, you can't be on t- this TV show. You can't have. You can't have a chance for anybody to hear or be exposed to what you say or believe yeah. uh, is the idea. Um, a biblical text comes to mind, First Thessalonians 4, uh, verse 3. This is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification honor, not in lust of concupiscence, even as the Gentiles which do not know God. Uh, God wants his people to be sanctified people, and the media doesn't want to have a wholesome avenue there for people to be entertained. Uh, they want this. You know, it, it's, it's pretty amazing to me. On TV or the movies, you can say any kind of vile words that you want to say. You can depict any kind of lurid sexual content that you want. But let a man say that he believes the Bible describes homosexuality. As sin. That's what can't be allowed. You can't allow a guy like Phil Robertson. The state that he believes homosexuality is a sin, but you can let homosexuals display graphically mm-hmm. their their perverted sexual right, acts right. and talk about them and do all kind of vile things and use all kind of horrible language. That's okay, but man, do not dare let a person express his religious conviction on on a moral issue. That guy's got to go get off TV. He can't be allowed to be on TV. Right. It seems like tolerance is a one way street. Yeah, uh, and well. And it, since it is such a, the devil is well, you know, we'll get on, that's another soapbox. But I, 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 you got to be careful. We're, we got to we got to limit how much we expose ourselves uh, to this this movement and this effort by the devil. Uh, he can get into our heads where we begin to think that uh, well, it, it just, he he begins to marginalize us as believers in, su- in such a way where we feel like we are freaks for believing what we believe. And so we, and so, it, so we get it in our shell. Is, is to back, uh, for us right. to back off. Yeah, he just, he just has to hit you with that long enough. You're a freak if you believe that. You're a freak if you believe that. You're a freak if you believe that. And suddenly I think, well, I'm a freak if I say anything about uh, homosexuality. Yeah. I'd better just bite my tongue. Yeah. All right. Yeah, exactly right. Okay. And so, you know, even, I think even in, in a little bit of that interview that I heard with Phil Robertson, he's saying, I'm not, I'm not saying this to condemn anybody. So I'm not judging anybody. I mean, he was even qualifying yeah. his words. Yeah. I mean, it, it didn't satisfy his objectors, yep, but yep. he was trying to qualify his words to keep from being offensive. All right, uh, guest 73 is not going to help prevent us from getting on our soapbox. He says, at one time, Christians voiced concerns over seeing the movie Gone with the Wind because it had only one curse word. Now, today, we would recommend a movie to others if it only had one curse word. Amen to that, guest 73. That tells, how, t- that tells you how the, this has calloused us, and we've, yeah. and we've been We've been influenced by it. Absolutely. How many times have you heard Christians recommend movies? They say, well, it was a pretty good movie. Now, there was, there was cuss words. And, and a woman who was undressed, Yeah. and uh, they were shooting people up. But it was a, pre- it was a good movie. Yeah. Tell it to God. Yeah. Uh, I remember, I've, I think I've set, told this story on the virtual Bible study before, Jacob, but uh, I remember as a, as a boy, I was pretty young, 
I remember the first time my dad thought, thought, he thought, he wasn't sure, but he thought he heard him say a cuss word on TV. Yeah. You know what he did? He jumped up and ran to the telephone and called the local TV station to voice his objection. Mm-hmm. I remember that. I was just a pretty young kid, but I remember him doing that. Now, I mean, you'd be on the phone 24-7 if you were objecting. And the every- devil has convinced you that if you did that, you're just a prude. You're just a weirdo. Yeah. Uh, nobody nobody has any problem with that. He's, right. he's pushed it to the side. Yeah. He's separated uh, religion from our entertainment. Yeah. All right. All right. Uh, we've got one last area we're going to talk about, and certainly there's plenty of examples of this. The effort to uh, exclude religious faith from having any uh, effect or any determination in matters of morality. Mm-hmm. Uh uh, people are trying to silence religion, even in questions of, of morals. Here's some examples from David Pratt. In one poll, 64% of adults said moral truth depends upon circumstances around them, while only 22% said moral truth is unchanging. 30% said they make moral decisions according to what, quote, whatever feels right or comfortable in that situation. Another 10% base their decisions on whatever would, quote, produce the most positive outcome for them personally. Only 13% said they follow the Bible. Mm. Recently, New Jersey Governor Chris Christie, a Republican, signed a bill into law making it illegal for therapists to help children struggling with unwanted same-sex attractions. So even if a young person wants to overcome homosexuality, any counselor who tries to help him do so stands in violation of the law. That's in New Jersey. We uh, uh, interviewed David Pickup mm-hmm. several months ago who was fighting that same kind of a law in California. If Here, here you, you have an adolescent child as a parent, and that adolescent child is, has said, I'm, I'm bothered by feelings of homosexuality, and I don't like it, and I want to get out of it. So you, you take him to a therapist. Therapists can't give him counseling to overcome those unwanted feelings. Yeah, uh, th- that that's true in California, not true in New Jersey. Illinois has joined the chorus of states that have chosen to place the holy, God-given title of marriage on that which God's word says is an abomination. Uh, no, I same, heard on the radio marriage. today that that is true now in New Mexico as well. Okay, so lots. I think there's seven, nearly, nearly 17. twenty seventeen. I was going to say nearly twenty states that have mm-hmm. that have uh, legalized same-sex marriage. So what do we do when there's efforts to remove religious thought from the determination of moral standards in the society where we live? What are we supposed to do? Well, I think we've got to keep preaching and defending the truth, even when it's not popular to do so. Remember what Paul said to Timothy, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1, preach the word, be instant, in season, out of season, reprove, rebuke, exhort with all long suffering and doctrine. For the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but after their own lust shall heap to themselves teachers having itching ears, and they shall turn away their ears from the truth and be turned unto fables. Uh, when he said preach the word, be instant in season and out of season, the, the very idea of that is you you preach the word uh, when it's popular to, to preach it, but you preach it also when it's not popular. You preach the word. That right. was the instruction Paul gave to Timothy, and that's, I think, what we have got to do. All right. Let us know your thoughts in the chat room tonight. With uh, well, the chat room is the evolution discussion channel tonight, so it, that uh, a good discussion there. But uh, not we, much we can use on these uh, other topics here. We, we've got an email from Lane who yeah. writes. Uh, he says this should be a great study tonight. One thing to keep in mind is that no matter what the cost, we as Christians, followers of the Most Holy Lamb, are to endure as good soldiers. Second Timothy two verse three. And furthermore, no matter how hard the world may try, no matter what extremes people working for Satan may go to in order to destroy our faith and shut us down, we need to remember the words of the Apostle Paul in Romans 8, verses 31 through 39. Nothing can separate us from the love that God has for us. Lastly, knowing that there are neither principalities nor powers nor rulers of this realm that can quench the power we wield in Christ in God, Through his righteousness and awesome word, we must be like Paul and make it our custom to enter the synagogues of the Jews and, so to speak, Acts 17, verses 1 through 4. Amen. Thank you for those comments. Uh, You know, we do have the example. You know, we should not feel like we're the most put-upon people that ever lived. Well, I I don't know where you're headed, but I've got a passage that came to mind. John 15. Go ahead. Jesus said, if the world hates you, you know it hated me before it hated you. 
If you were of the world, the world would love its own. Yet because you are not of the world, but I chose you out of the world, therefore the world hates you. Remember the word that I said to you, a servant is not greater than his master. If they persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they kept my word, they will keep yours also. Yeah. Jesus said, hey, you're not going to be any better than I am. Exactly. And uh, right. look what happened to me. Exactly right. And, you know, the early Christians were severely persecuted. Uh, but when they were threatened, when they were beaten and threatened, when they were imprisoned, their response was, we ought to obey God rather than men. And so when they were beaten, uh, Acts chapter 5, that was Acts chapter 5, verse 29, Acts chapter 5, verse 40, it says when they had beaten them, when they called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded them not to speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And the apostles departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. And daily in the temple and in every house they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. Uh, so, again, as I was saying, I, I, you know, we, we should not feel like we're, we're, we're the most horribly treated people that have ever lived i mean we really have got it pretty easy we ought to use we ought to use our freedoms and the ease and the comfort and the convenience of our current existence to be more effective in spreading the word and not let these attempts to silence us be effective and uh, we shouldn't be depressed thinking that we've got it worse than anyone else if you as you've mentioned in hebrews chapter 11 verse 32 and what more shall i say for time would fail me to tell of gideon and barak and samson and jephthah and david and Samuel and the prophets who walked through faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions, quenched the violence of fire, escaped the edge of the sword, out of weakness were made strong, became valiant in battle, turned to flight the armies of the aliens. Women received their dead, raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they might obtain a better resurrection. Still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, yes, and of chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, they were sawn in two, were tempted, were slain with the sword, they wandered about in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. They wandered in deserts and mountains and dens and caves of the earth. And all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith, did not receive the promise. God, having provided something better for us, that they should not be made perfect apart from us. People throughout time who were going to be pleasing to God had to stand up against uh, some pretty formidable foes. Yeah, exactly right. In fact, re- remember the example in Acts 8? Uh, verse 1, it says, uh, at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem, and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles. What they do? Uh, they, they surely stopped. They say, yeah, they, well, we got enough. We got to keep quiet. Hey, they're getting, they're getting serious about this. No, therefore they that were scattered abroad went everywhere preaching the word. Right. They didn't stop. All right. So we got it. We got to continue on. We got to keep proclaiming the truth. Uh, even when there are efforts to silence us in lots of different realms, as we tried to document tonight, we've got to keep spreading the word. And we've got to make sure that we don't allow the world to influence us. In Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 17, Therefore come, come out from among them and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will receive you. I will be your father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. We've got to make sure that we're checking ourselves to make sure that we are not part of this world we're not touching the unclean thing that we do not allow it to influence us yeah all right, all right. we didn't get to we, we didn't keep up with the discussion the discussion in the chat room got sidetracked on the, the evolution it was question. the evolution hour uh but i would just remind tim and others in the chat room those who are listening tim we we extended an invitation to you several months ago to join us live on the virtual bible study to discuss uh the question of evolution and you turned down our invitation we were going to give you an opportunity to to go live with us and talk on the and and you declined our invitation. So we just want to make sure that that's remembered as well. All right, uh, I think I think Tim may have uh, he I think he was worried that he'd be interrupted. I, I, we could make this uh, offer to Tim. Tim, we'll we'll give you fifteen minutes of uninterrupted un- un- time to make your case. Now we're going to respond to it after you're done, but we'll give you fifteen minutes. And uninterrupted time. You can. We won't say a word for 15 minutes. We'll start a timer when the 15 minutes is over. Uh, we'll, we'll we'll make our case, but we'll give you 15 minutes. Uh, we hope you'd take us up on that. To email us questions at collegeview.com if you would, if you're interested in that. And if you have suggestions for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study, we'd love to hear that as well. Questions at collegeview.com. As guest uh, 73 has suggested that we talk about evolution again. So, uh, well, he says he can't explain all of science to us in 15 minutes. Um, Right. But you can explain your 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 strongest arguments for the defense of the theory of evolution in 15 minutes. Uh, you, can't you, can't, explain, you, can't you can't explain all the science in an hour, Tim. So I mean, we'll, but we'll take take what you got. Yeah, I mean, you you ought to be able to make 
proof positive arguments. I mean, we're not expecting you to come in here and do a science experiment in person, but we, we, I think you ought to be able to state your case in 15 minutes, give your, give your best arguments in defense of evolution in 15 minutes. We'd be glad to give you that time. Yeah, you don't have to do it next week. You can have more time to get your thoughts together so you could get them in, 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 in 15 minutes, but we'd like to hear from you if you're willing to do that. If you have questions or comments about anything you've heard or, uh, that we've discussed on this program or any other program, we again encourage you to email us questions at collegeu.com. Uh, Dad, thank you for your time tonight. Thank you, Jacob. Jeff has been behind the board all night, been silent, but he, Jeff, he's, he's been in the chat he's room. Been, uh, he's, his fingers have been doing the talking. Jeff, thank you for being back. Good to have you back. And uh, we hope you benefited from our study and discussion of God's Word tonight. We hope you'll make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the Virtual Bible Study. And in the meantime, we encourage you to put God first in your life, study His inspired Word of the Bible, and live by it every day. You'll never regret it. Thanks for listening to the Virtual Bible Study, brought to you by the College View Church of Christ. The College View Church of Christ meets at 1618 Hampshire Pike in Columbia, Tennessee. If you are in the Columbia, Tennessee area, we encourage you to worship with the College View Church of Christ on Sunday mornings at 930 and on Sunday evenings at 6 o'clock. The College View Church of Christ also welcomes you to attend their Wednesday night Bible studies at 7 o'clock. If you have any questions about something that was said on tonight's broadcast or would like more information about the College View Church of Christ, please call 931-381-4567. That number again, 931-381-4567. Or for more information on the internet, visit collegeview.com. Be sure to tune into the virtual Bible study this time next Thursday for another informative study of God's Word.